Hello out there, bibliophiles, and welcome to another episode of Season 2 of Drew Archives in 10. I'm Andrew Salvati, adjunct professor of media and communications here at Drew University. And joining me today via Zoom is interim manager of Methodist Library and Special Collections, Candace Riley. Hello, Candace. Hi, Andrew. So what do you have for us today? So we're continuing our uh, celebration of Black History Month, and today we're going to talk about a special collection that we have within our rare book collection. So just as a, as a guide, if you were to go to the library catalog on the Drew University Library webpage, this is searchable under rare books. But if you went to our website, you would look under the Glenn Surgeon Collection of African-American Literature. And all this information will be given to you on our podcast page. Okay, perfect. Yeah. But it's it's really a, a cool resource for you. And this collection was donated by Glenn Surgeon. He was born in 1949 and passed away in 2013. And he graduated from Drew in 1972. And while he was at Drew, he did a lot of our great programs. He went to the London and Washington semesters. Um, he was president of the Black Student Association. And he gave us 75 volumes in a range of genres by leading Black writers of the 20th century. Oh, that's great. It's really great. So we have major figures of the Harlan Renaissance, including Langston Hughes and Claude McKay, Ethel Waters and Richard Wright. And as well, we have novelists and poets represented, such as James Baldwin and Ralph Ellison and James Allen McPherson. Oh, wow. That's a fantastic collection. It's really wonderful. And a lot of them are signed as well. Oh. Yeah. So it's it's a really fantastic collection. Wow. And it's a real wonderful contribution and asset to the Dream University Special Collections for a book collection. So it's like only 75 books, just not a lot compared to, you know, our 100,000 rare books upstairs. But they're really very special. And they're some of our favorites to showcase uh, to students and researchers. So the one book that I pulled um, for you today is a great book by James Baldwin. Um, it's entitled The Devil Finds Work. And it's a book length essay on race and America and cinema. And I thought it would be a fun one to talk about today because he describes film and art in such a beautiful way that it almost is like art itself. So a really great American movie critic, James Baldwin. And he interprets uh, these movies that you would not think about maybe with this certain lens. And it makes you rethink how you're watching these films, um, which I think is always something we should uh, appreciate and take note of when looking at different forms of media to kind of see it with a new eye. And that's also an exciting way of looking at things too. Yeah, absolutely. So um, he talks a lot about the themes of race and film and a truth circle around how one another you know, views things. And um, he talks a lot about different movies. He talks about his first movies that he's seen. And one of the most interesting movies that I think he talks about is The Exorcist. And that's not just because I'm, I'm a fan of horror movies. Yeah. It's a really interesting take and which I think everyone could think about when possibly rewatching The Exorcist next, next Halloween time, or, you know, just taking having a watch now. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a quote um, from how he describes The Exorcist, because I think it's really fascinating. Yeah, please do. So he talks about the racial subtext of The Exorcist, and this is the quote. For I have seen the devil by day and by night, and have seen him in you and in me, in the eyes of the cop and the sheriff and the deputy, the landlord, the housewife, the football player, in the eyes of some governors, presidents, wardens, in the eyes of some orphans, and in the eyes of my father and in my mirror. It is that moment when no other human being is real for you, 
nor are you real for yourself. The devil has no need of any dogma, though he can use them all, nor does he need any historical justification, history being so largely his invention. He does not levitate beds or fool around with little girls. We do. The mindless and hysterical banality of evil presented in The Exorcist is the most terrifying thing about the film. The Americans should certainly know more about evil than that if they pretend otherwise, they are lying. And any black man, and not only blacks, many, many others, including white children, can call them on this lie. He who has been treated as the devil recognizes the devil when they meet. So that was um, oh, Baldwin's wow. take on The Exorcist. And it is, I think, a very powerful interpretation. It really transforms the way you would view the film, that it's not just, you know, this pulp horror film that's shocking you with, you know, the disgusting pea soup scene and you know, <laughs> the, the, the right. weird move of limbs. It's about seeing the devil and, you know, who really is the devil in American society. Yeah, what a what an indictment, too. Um, and Baldwin is quite well known for that. Yeah. It's been so, a while since I've seen The Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Now, now I kind of want to rewatch it with right. Baldwin's lens and, and take a look at how he's talking about the displacement of evil and like the denials of sin, both in our society as well as personal and um, to see how that affects the film. So is this is this book? It's you mentioned it's it's one long essay. Is it broken up into? You know, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at is it is it easy to find the individual films that he talks about in in the Good book? Good question. So um, it is broken up quite well. Um, I think the bit about The Exorcist is near the end. I'm just I'm just going through the index right now. And he, he talks a lot about um, like the films that kind of had a very large impact on him and how the first films that he's, he saw, I think it was a Joan Crawford and how that, that affected him. And he talks about uh, productions as well of like Macbeth, uh, you know, of Shakespeare's shows. Um, so he goes through a lot. Of, it's, it's written, it's not as easy to go through as you would like with um, chapters of a book. Right. Like it's okay. not like titled like The Exorcist. It feels like, an extraordinarily well-written article um, that is poetic and artistic in all the best ways. Yeah, I mean, Baldwin has that way of presenting his perspective in a way that resonates broadly and kind of introduces a, a more general theory about uh, race and, and American society in particular in a way that can be really, really insightful. Yes, and it, the, as I mentioned, Joan Crawford, I just looked, the first page begins with him discussing her. So right off the bat. Yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's a really good read. And I encourage everyone, you don't have to look at our first edition, um, but you can go to your local library or find um, an audiobook of it online, I'm sure, and take a look of The Devil Finds Work. And um, you know, I'd love to hear what you all think of the book and how you maybe want to re-engage with the certain media that Baldwin is talking about. Yeah, that's great. So for for researchers and students who are interested not only in in Baldwin but um, but in film theory as well, uh, race and film certainly this would be a, a great resource. Even even the even the first edition too, right? Especially if you're interested in in Baldwin's work. Absolutely, yeah. And the, I mean, this resource is available to everyone um, that wants to come take a look at it at the archives. As long as your hands are clean and we're open <laughs> to the public, that is all we care about. Um, and you treat the books with respect, obviously. 
So that's that's a little bit of the collection. Um, I, I unfortunately can't talk about all 75 volumes with you all today, um, but do take a look at our website, which I'll put um, in our Instagram at Drew Archives, as well as on our website um, to let you know where to further do some research. Yeah, and maybe we can revisit uh, more of this collection in, in future episodes of Drew Archives in 10. Thanks for sharing this with us, Candace. Absolutely. That's our show. Be sure to check out the images of the materials we've discussed on this and other episodes of Drew Archives in 10 by visiting the Drew Archives and Special Collections website at www.drew.edu forward slash library forward slash media. You can also check out images of the archives material at the Drew University Participatory Archives at dupaarchive.org. There's a lot of great stuff there, so be sure to check it out. For myself, Dr. Andrew Salvati, and for Candace Riley, be well, stay safe, and we'll see you next time on Drew Archives in 10. <laughs>